Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. God is a just God. And it does seem like at times, especially in this day in which we live, that evil prospers and the righteous suffer at the hands of the evil that prospers as this world waxes more and more evil seemingly by the day. (laughs) But God, there is coming a day when Haman, the enemy of our soul, is going to meet his end. And it will be that which he desired for us. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Esther. Many of us have heard people ask why God allows evil if he's actually perfect and just. To be perfectly honest, many of us as believers have probably asked the same question at some point or another. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds us that while we might feel discouraged by evil, the day is soon coming when God will bring justice. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Esther, chapter 6, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The king's servants, verse 5, said to him, Haman is here, standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. (laughs) Haman's going, (laughs) he has no idea what just happened a few hours before. The very man that he's going to suggest that the king hang on the gallows that he has prepared is the very man that the king just had read the account of him saving his life. You'll forgive my firm grasp of the obvious, but God, but God has perfectly orchestrated the timing of Haman's entrance at this exact moment. I wonder uh, how much sleep Haman got that night. We know the king didn't get any sleep. I wonder how well Mordechai and Esther slept. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they were up all night praying in anticipation of the banquet. Just a few hours yet future. I wonder if they were praying. I can assure you they weren't praying. Let the king not be able to sleep. Let him command his man to go get the most boring chronicle, the one that they think is boring, but the exact one that has the record of how Mordechai saved. And then, and let Haman go home and let his wife, Lord, as she's praying, as Mordechai is praying, let his wife and his friends and his family tell him to build a gallows to hang me on, hang Mordechai on, so that the king, when he wants to reward Mordechai, will find out what's really happening here, and it'll be Haman. You think they're praying that? I can assure you they're not. I mean, they could not even in their wildest imagination conceive of that. And what I love about that is this. When we pray, we pray so minuscule. We pray so small. Oh, Lord, you know, please go before me. 
I just, I can almost picture God in heaven going, you, that's what you're going to ask me? You say, you know, you just want me to bless your, your meeting tomorrow, your interview tomorrow? Do you have any idea what I could do in that meeting? I can do anything. I can do anything. Only God could do this. Let's just say that they were able to sleep. Maybe they were. Sometimes God will grant us sleep, even when we're in a very stressful situation. I had one of those nights recently where I just prayed, God, I know that I will wake up in the middle of the night, and I will start thinking about this thing again, and I will not be able to go back to sleep. So please, God, don't let me stay up. Then I'll have to have Chronicles read to me, and then I'll try you know. And it's just, it just let me sleep. And he let me sleep. And I woke up in the morning refreshed, just thanking him for letting me sleep. Maybe they did that. Maybe they were able to sleep. And God, even while we're sleeping, God, God never sleeps, right? So while they're sleeping, God is at work. And you know what's so fascinating to me at this juncture? None of them have any idea about what's going to happen in just a moment. A man doesn't know what's about to happen. Boy, if he only knew, he's about to find out. The king doesn't know what's going to happen. He, he calls Haman in because he wants to reward Mordecai. Haman is there going in because he wants to hang Mordecai. How's that one? How about that? And they have no idea that God's, that's what you think. That's what you think is going to happen. Oh, Mordecai will get rewarded, but Haman is going to be the one that's going to be impaled on the very gallows he prepared for Mordecai. Mordecai doesn't know what's about to happen either. I believe Mordecai as a man of God who trusted God, who knew God, because he knew that God will deliver his people, whether Esther obeyed or not, right? So I knew, I believe that Mordecai knew God was going to work this out somehow. He just didn't know how. He didn't know the way he was going to do it. He didn't know how he was going to do it. He just knew by faith that he was going to do it. And then Esther. Do you think that Esther has any idea what's about to happen? She probably is up early now, getting her people ready, all of her servants preparing this banquet where she's now going to expose this plot by Haman. So verse 6, let me just say this, preface it this way. Things are about to get real, (laughs) really fast. So Haman came in and the king asked him, (laughs) What shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, stop. You're too much. Now, Haman thought in his heart, Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? Because remember, it's all about me. And Haman answered the king. Now, he's going to get very detailed, and you could just imagine in his mind that he's 
he's envisioning himself having this, this is really quite, <laughs> quite an honor. He's like, oh, well, I'm so glad you asked, king. Here's what I would do. For the man whom the king delights to honor, verse 8, let a royal robe be brought, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest on its head. Man, this guy's too much. Then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Wow. Now keep in mind that He, at this point, is still thinking that he's going to get the king to approve that Mordecai be hung on the gallows. He could not even have imagined that he is going to be honored by the king. Oh, this is just too good. I'm going to get Mordecai on that gallows, and I'm going to get on that horse. And I'm going to be paraded through the city square in front of all of these people as the one whom the king desires to honor. It doesn't get any better than this. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad my wife suggested this. I need to listen to my wife more. (laughs) Yeah, you do, but for (laughs) different reasons. And verse 10, oh my. Then the king said to Haman, Hurry, okay? Take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so. Yeah? Wait for it. (laughs) Haman, here it comes. Wait for it. Mordechai the Jew, who sits within the king's gate. And then he says, I cannot, in my wildest imagination, imagine how he would have felt at that. I don't even know if he heard (laughs) this part. (laughs) Because remember how detailed it was? Oh, a crest, it needs to be shined, polished, you know, with that brass and gold polish that we have. And, you know, and the robe needs to be your robe, king. And the horse, uh, it needs to be your horse, king. And then the, the prince, the noble prince, this is the one that needs to array him and proclaim him as he's paraded. And, and so the king says, leave nothing undone of all, because there was a lot <laughs> that you have spoken. <laughs> this is one of those places in the Word of God where I would do anything to be a proverbial fly on the wall to see the expression on Haman's face. Man, I would take a picture on my iPhone and I would post it on social media (laughs) and it would go viral. And don't look at me like that because you would do the same thing if you were there, right? That look 
when you realize that your goose has just been cooked. <laughs> I wonder if he realizes what just happened here. So much for now suggesting that Mordechai be hung on the gallows that he prepared because apparently I'm supposed to now do everything that I just suggested that the king do, thinking it was going to be for me. Probably not a good time to bring up to the king that I want the guy that he wants to honor hung on the gallows that I've prepared. Probably won't bring it up. Uh, actually, I've got bigger problems now because I'm going to honor Mordechai, the Jew? I, I wonder if Haman knows that Mordechai saved the king's life. If he does, let's just say for purpose of discussion that he does know that, then that's interesting. Because if he knows that, then he also knows that the king either doesn't know it or has forgotten about it. And if he does know it, well then it sounds like the king's been reminded that Mordecai saved his life. I'm trying to take his life. The man that saved the king's life is the man that I'm trying to take life from and put to death. Isn't that ironic? Verse 11, So Haman, oh, and by the way, the king gave him explicit orders to not delay. Hurry. Did you remember that word? We just read verse 10. Hurry. Do it now. Don't go home first. Don't go to breakfast or lunch. Okay, you do it now. So it's very then likely that he had to get everything ready right there at that very moment. So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai. I wonder if he could even look him in the eye. And led him on horseback through the city square <laughs> and proclaimed before him. And this is in quotations. Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Wow. I wonder how he said that. Thus shall it be done. <laughs> or, thus shall it be done to the man of the king of Lysolona. No. Notice the exclamation mark there that the Holy Spirit deemed necessary to make sure was recorded. No, he had to proclaim it aloud. Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate. I think he was embarrassed. I think the only sanctified satisfaction he got was that it was Haman who was doing it. I think it was embarrassing for him to be paraded like that on the king's horse, wearing the king's robe, being honored like that. Mordecai's of this world don't want that. They shy away from that. The Haman's of this world thirst and hunger for that. They live for that. That's what they want. Remember now, this is what he wanted for him, thinking it was him, not Mordechai. So he just went quietly back to the king's gate from where he came. But Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. You think? Can you imagine how humiliated he must have been? Think about this. He's parading Mordechai 
on the king's horse wearing the king's robe proclaiming that this is what is to be done to the man whom the king delights to honor to the very people that he demanded bow down before him. Can you imagine the look on their faces? Haman, dude, (laughs) what are you doing? Is that Mordecai? Wait a minute. That's the same guy that refused to bow down before you, and now you're putting him on the king's horse, wearing the king's robe, and you're proclaiming that this is what the king desires to do to honor this man? What happened? That's when I'm sure his head went down. Well, isn't this, are we surprised? God exalts the humble, Morchai, and humbles the exalted, Haman. That's just the way it is. And is this not a textbook case of that? No wonder he's covering his head in shame. No wonder he runs back home. He could not get out of there fast enough. Now listen to what happens, verse 13. (laughs) When a man told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, this is interesting, I want you to pay particular attention to this, and we're almost done. If Mordechai before whom you have begun to fall is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely, and I want you to notice this word, fall, fall. Pride comes before the fall before him. And verse 14, while they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's today? Oh, listen, I've, I've had a really rough night. I've had a, a horrible morning. You can't even believe what just happened. You know, can we, can we reschedule this? I don't really have an appetite right now. I just got done parading Mordechai throughout the city gate declaring and proclaiming that this is how the king desires to honor this man. I'm just not, you know, thank you for the invitation, but can we take a rain check? I wonder if Haman knows that he has sealed his fate. I wonder what he thought when, to their credit, His friends and his wife and these wise men rightly discern that he will fall if this Mordecai is a Jew. That's really insightful. I wonder about his wife at this point. Because it appears that she's the one who said uh, said this to him, Honey, um... You're kidding me, right? You went there to suggest that the king hang Haman on the gallows that we suggested you make to hang him on? And when you got there, the king calls you in and says, hey, what what should be... Because we're told that he told them how this all went down. Imagine the shock on their face as he's explaining how this whole turn of events 
took place, it probably dawned on them at that point that the God of the Jews has intervened, Haman, and presupposing that Mordechai is a Jew, oh no, he's a Jew, then it's over. It's over. Now here's what's really interesting. I don't know if you noticed this or not. They hastened. While they were still having this conversation, imagine Haman there, and he's talking with them, and they're telling him this, and right at that moment, he doesn't even have a chance to catch his breath, they hasten to bring him to Esther's banquet. He's going to the banquet. And he doesn't know this, but things are about to go from worse to unthinkable in terms of what is going to happen this banquet. And this is where I need to scroll on the screen to be continued dot, dot, dot. So why don't you stand? <laughs> I mean, don't you hate that? <laughs> Listen, you can read ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know what happens, right? Go ahead and stand. Listen, I, I mean, I just, ah. Uh, I can't wait for next uh, Thursday, though, because this, this guy's going to get what he has coming to him. And maybe this would be a good way to end the Bible study. Because this is how it ends for us, right? God's going to have the final word. God is a just God. And it does seem like at times, especially in this day in which we live, that evil prospers and the righteous suffer at the hands of the evil that prospers. As this world waxes more and more evil, seemingly by the day. (laughs) But God, there is coming a day when Haman, the enemy of our soul, is going to meet his end, and it will be that which he desired for us. What do we know to be true about the enemy? He's a roaring lion, seeking, prowling, stalking us, wanting to devour and destroy us. Maybe better said this way, the enemy wants to hang us on those gallows, that he is prepared, and he is the one who will go to that gallows for all eternity. The bravery and trust displayed by Esther throughout her life is encouraging to us, especially as we face trials in our modern world. She clung to her faith in God despite worldly influences, and when she needed him most, God showed up in incredible ways. There's much more to learn from Esther's story, but sadly, that's where we need to end for today, here on In Spirit and Truth. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's message. We'd like to let you know how you can hear more of his messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of teachings. You'll find a link on our website to our mobile app, too. That way, you'll be able to take God's Word with you wherever you go filling the gaps in your day with truth and blessings. 
This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and updated editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a look at current events around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new every weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. The Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Come find us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue teaching through the book of Esther next time on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old way. Holding me true